Well, bonjour, hello. Uh, I'm Dr. Isabelle Amig from the Unabridged MD podcast. And today, um, we are two to do this podcast. And Dr. Funke is with me. Dr. Funke. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Amig. I'm Dr. Funke Apalabi Brown. I'm the founder of Restful Sleep MD and just really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, wonderful. So um, we are doing this because you're a sleep uh, doctor. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure every single person that I know have experienced uh, some sort of insomnia at some point or um, they are not as good in their sleep <laughs> than they should. Yeah. And so uh, maybe, maybe we start with uh, the first thing, which is like, why do we need sleep? Yeah, no, I love that. And you're right. I think every one of us has had one kind, one bad night <laughs> of sleep or the other, right? And, you know, one of the things I say is sleep is a superpower. It's not just something we do at the end of the busy day. It's not just something we do just to cure uh, sleepiness, but sleep actually has healing powers to it, right? So when we start from the top to bottom, right, from the beginning of the day, um, you know, you, you wake up from, from a good night of sleep, supposedly, and then over the course of the day, you start to build uh, some deposits on your brain as you're going over the course of the day. And so when you go to sleep, your brain actually has this, you know, I would say maybe like cleansing properties of really taking those deposits and washing them up. And studies have shown that that in and of itself, if it's impaired, meaning if you don't get enough sleep and you don't give your brain that benefit of rest so that your, your brain can really get to work, uh, has been associated with conditions like Alzheimer's. So the cleansing properties mm -hmm. alone. And so that's just one. And then other areas of our physical health is beneficial, like our heart health, our metabolism, our immune system is regulated by sleep. And then also our mood, right? Our energy level, our performance, our mental health also sleep plays a really big role so literally i start from the top all the way down there's there's pretty mm -hmm. much almost pretty much every organ system is impacted by sleep in one way or the other yeah that's that's always good to be reminded of this and you know it's very interesting because um for fibromyalgia for example so this chronic mm -hmm. pain that's all over the body um and that you know more and more we're finding that it's you know if you actually were to do a, a biopsy of the skin you would find that there is less nerve ending it's called small fibers neuropathy um but we know that if the people are sleeping less and not as well they have more pain yeah yeah absolutely so pain threshold actually changes when you don't get enough sleep so exactly and i've seen mm -hmm. people and you think about that yes fibromyalgia another one is things like uh, migraines chronic migraines you know all those kind of things are or dis diseases are impacted by insufficient sleep or you know sleep deprivation or fragmented sleep although you can say it's almost like a bidirectional sort of relationship mm -hmm. it's almost like a two way two way street in that sense because when you're in pain right you might not be able to get good quality sleep <laughs> and then because you're not getting good quality sleep then your pain threshold right is lower you feel just a little bit more susceptible to the mood impairment that you might get from from pain and from discomfort so it's it's both and then you wonder what is what comes first the chicken or the egg yeah well what i really usually will recommend is trying to address both concurrently 
Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really valid point because there is enough study in rheumatology, right? In my specialty, mm -hmm. there's enough study that are showing that you 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 definitely uh, uh, have more inflammation if you don't mm -hmm. sleep. And the more the inflammation you have, the more, you know, active disease uh, you're mm -hmm. going to have. So rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and mm -hmm. so on. Um, so... You know, as a rheumatologist, I would treat the patients and I would, you know, immunosuppress them if they need to. Um, not everyone needs to, but uh, some of some of our patients. What I wonder is how do we tackle a sleep issues? Like a lot mm. of my patients complain about insomnia, right? Mm. Like they can't, they, they maybe they go to bed and then they wake up, right? Like they wake up and then they cannot go back to bed. And yeah. sometimes it's the pain, but sometimes it has nothing to do with the pain. Mm. Mm, that's that is so true and you know when we talk about insomnia i think what we could even start with is the definition which mm -hmm. is the difficulties falling asleep staying asleep or waking up at a time that is not desirable right waking up then um earlier than your preferred time that leads to some form of daytime impairment right if you're mm -hmm. someone who yeah you wake up in the middle of the night but you feel absolutely fabulous the next day then it really is not insomnia right <laughs> but for most people including i'm sure your patients this insomnia is impacting them the other piece with insomnia is that it's occurring for at least three months but personally i don't think you need to suffer for three months <laughs> but, oh, now i have insomnia because there's acute insomnia there's transient insomnia there are other areas of that yeah and then we kind of try to go deeper and look at what are the contributors what is contributing to insomnia in this situation so just like you said you can have insomnia due to a medical condition right so things like like pain like a disease state or something like that you can have insomnia due to a mental disorder so your mood um, anxiety or depression and things like that can also contribute to insomnia you can have insomnia due to maybe the medications you're taking for something or the other. And then we also have a component called psychophysiologic insomnia. And so what that is, is this increased cognitive arousal that gets in our way of being able to sleep. And so what that re really creates is this vicious cycle where people start to almost like dread the bed. They start to get into bed and start to ruminate about how awful mm -hmm. their sleep is going to be how they're not going to function well during the day if you have a patient who already has some tendencies like some or some medical disorder how they start to think about that disease state and how they start to imagine that things are worse and um catastrophize so to speak so you can see that yes a lot of times and, and and i think that's where we miss it sometimes where we're like well if your insomnia is due to this condition and i've helped you fix the condition why are you not better well because there may be other things that are at play and like with a lot of your patients especially with patients with chronic pain no matter what the cause is they mm -hmm. tend to get into that loop where the pain is almost pretty much gone or it's at least relatively managed but then what is left is that they've now gotten into this sort of habits or mindsets mm -hmm. where they just feel they don't feel confident when it comes to their sleep Mm -hmm. So I think first defining that, like you said, I love what you do, which is, yes, you're helping them with the, you know, with the, you know, the autoimmune component or whatever it is that's contributing. But now they're in this loop. And I usually will recommend a process sort of step by step to work on that. One is you're right. Many times, especially if you have psychophysiologic insomnia, many times people are trying hard to sleep. So sleep becomes this 
effort-related thing. And if you think about it, you don't necessarily know when you fall asleep. You just fall yeah. asleep. <laughs> so they're trying, they're trying hard. They're tossing and turning. They're doing all kinds. Then they start taking medications and melatonin and they start doing just all kinds of things in an effort to to go to sleep they're going into bed much earlier than they should so that they can start trying for longer we hope that the longer they try the more successful they will be but what that then creates again is worsening of this spiral where then it's now much harder to fall asleep so we try to break those things step by step to say well here are certain things that we can do to promote you know healthy sleep here are ways we have to limit the mindset around sleep, here are habits that we can replace your current habits with to help you with sleep. And here are the strategies you can use during the day to help you, you know, build better sleep, uh, better sleep habits. And so all I just described to you is sort of under this umbrella of what we call cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. And that's usually the, the gold mm -hmm. standard really by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. And, you know, in some situations, people may need, need medications for sleep, but usually the most effective that we've seen either by itself or with medication is cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia or CBTI for sure. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So, um, t talking more about the CBT, uh, the cognitive uh, behavioral uh, therapy, um, I wonder, does meditation is part of this? Because one of the things that I had learned, I, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I told you this, I, I've done like 12 days of meditation. Actually, I did 11 and a half days. I gave up at the end and I always regret this. Uh, it's a, I had done anyways it's a whole full story that i will tell one day but um so meditation with no talking no screen nothing it's like just hell but it's also wonderful uh, and and uh, one of the things that the leader said was um even if you have insomnia if you meditate uh you're not feeling tired the next day and i, I wonder mm -hmm. can you talk about this like do you know anything about this because oh, yeah. i do tell this to my patients because i've, I've experienced it but i wonder like in my mind i'm like well meditation is healing so mm -hmm. maybe that's what works when you're meditating instead of sleeping can you talk to us a little bit about this yeah. or about no, absolutely so so much emerging data about the benefits of meditation on sleep. That is, in fact, even for my clients, one of the things I recommend is having some kind of mindfulness practice, whatever that mm -hmm. looks like for you, um, prior to going to sleep. And meditation is actually very healthy, very helpful. And they've done side, side studies of people who have, you know, who meditate prior to bed and seeing that impact on their sleep quality, the kind of uh, sort of EEG waves that they generate as a result of this practice. So definitely very mm -hmm. beneficial. And, you know, they're different when we talk about that. For me, I sort of put it all under this bucket or this umbrella of mindfulness, right? Some mm -hmm. people may say, right, if I'm not able to sleep and I feel like my mind is racing, yes, my mindful uh, meditation is, is incredible. Sometimes it could be journaling your thoughts and kind of just reflecting and putting things down on paper. For some people, it could be a, a body scan where you're sort of going from one part of your body to the other and really just observing and being present, right? That's really what it is. And it's absolutely very beneficial to improving your sleep as one, you know, sort of one aspect kind of under this umbrella of how we address, not just even insomnia, just improving sleep overall. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. So because like that's sort of this short answer of like, oh, if you have insomnia, start meditating and know that you're healing as well. Mm-hmm. So might as well. Mm-hmm. And I find, you know, I find myself sometimes having insomnia and that's, it's funny, actually. I don't necessarily recognize it right away. Mm. Uh, and then mm. I'll be like, oh, it's clearly late. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of a, it's an interesting. Do, do you, do you, so who should come and see you? I, I just wonder, you know, when you say, oh, I'm a coach for this, like who, what patients benefit from a coach like you or from you? Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I, I wanted to just mention with the meditation, you know, as a part of really practicing and helping to just be more aware of your thoughts. There's still other parts, you know, we can't, I mean, that's like a whole podcast on its own around like the behavioral pieces of this. So if you're Mm -hmm. laying in bed for hours and hours trying to sleep, I recommend just getting out of bed. If it starts Mm -hmm. to become frustrating, go out of bed, sit somewhere and just, you know, like, you know, meditate, read a book, do something else that's, you know, distracting you a little bit. And then when you start to feel sleepy, come into bed. Don't drink chemistry. You said what? Organic chemistry is very good to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could do two things. It could either help you fall asleep or frustrate you. Both. (laughs) (laughs) So just find what is find what is boring but not like frustrating, right? So yes, exactly. It's organic chemistry. Yeah, you go have at it. Um, so that's it. And then also, you know, don't take caffeine. There's some of all those things. They're all kind of under the umbrella of sleep hygiene and things that we should do that would help our sleep and all that. So there's so many levels to it. And then, of course, if you have an underlying condition that may be contributing, like, you know, if I have a patient with fibromyalgia, I'm a sleep, you know, I'm a sleep expert. I'm not a fibromyalgia expert. So helping the, fa- the family or the parent or the the the, the um, client know this is where sleep is involved. This is the area where I do need help. Like if I need a, to see a therapist, if I need to go see Dr. Meg, whatever it is, you know, you kind of have mm-hmm. to deal with all those things as well. Now, that question of what do I help? Really, it's high achieving women and their children. So think of that, you know, even that you know, patient of yours that could be exhausted, right? You've 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 fixed all the, the inflammatory response they're having secondary to their underlying autoimmune disease, but now they're in bed and they're ruminating this, they're almost like scared in the evening, their heart starts to race mm-hmm. before they get into bed because they don't know what kind of night they're gonna have. Or, you know, they are having a hard time putting their phone down. They're having a hard time prioritizing their sleep. They're having a difficult time with setting boundaries. They've said so many yeses. Now they're annoyed with themselves because they're trying to figure out how they're going to fit it all in and still get some sleep. Mm-hmm. Or they have a kid who keeps coming out of the room. I don't know if I'm sure most of us have had that, right? That. Yeah child that's like yeah I want you to come back or wakes you up at 2 a.m I want to you to come and co-sleep with them and things like that and because of that your sleep is getting disrupted mm-hmm. so we really then look you know you come in and say I'm tired all the time and I cannot sleep and then my role is to help you figure out where are the barriers to your sleep issues what are the limiting beliefs you have to your sleep who or what is keeping you from falling asleep and then we address it one after the other so that we can move you from just constantly drained, burned out, exhausted to really full of energy again and mm-hmm. really getting to wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. I love this. I do. I'm, 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 we're going to finish very soon, but I do have one question about the caffeine. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm a, 
I love caffeine. <laughs> I just love coffee so much. Most of us but do. So what's your recommendation? As a sleep expert, mm. what's the recommendation about caffeine or chocolate? Because apparently yeah. it's just as bad chocolate at night, something like that. You've got no. to tell me. Teach us. Yeah, no. So, so, so I, I, I enjoy caffeine too. I love the flavor. I love the taste, the smell in the morning. I think one thing we just need to be aware of is caffeine is a stimulant, right? It is. And that's the role. It blocks uh, certain pathways in your brain that makes your you just feel more alert. We call them the um, adenosine receptor. So it competes with it in your brain. And so that adenosine all contributes to you starting to feel sleepy. So when you take caffeine, it makes you feel more alert. It has mm -hmm. been shown to improve performance, you know, alertness and things. So it is, it is great. But I think <laughs> the key is figuring out your why. And that's what a lot of reasons, a lot of things, a lot of things I really go over with my patients or my clients, like why, why do you need, do you need caffeine? Or do you like caffeine, right? They're two different things. So if you're in a state where you ca nobody can talk to you, you can't even get your, you can't even put your shoes on without caffeine. You can't make any type of decision without caffeine. Then I would say, let's try to address that. Let's try to get you better sleep, healthy sleep. And then if you say, okay, you know, the caffeine just kind of helps give me that extra boost. And, you know, I want just enjoy it as part of my morning routine then, you know, then that's completely fine. And so, and then the other piece is the timing of the caffeine. So as you must have heard, I kept saying a lot of morning routine and things. The reason why is because caffeine is very long acting. So it stays in your system for several, several hours, right? Like up to six to eight hours, some studies have shown. And the metabolism changes with people, right? So if you take caffeine, say in the evening, right? And when I'm talking about caffeine, it's not just coffee. It's like, you know, things like soda, iced tea, all those like energy drinks. If you're taking it in the evening and we say the half-life, meaning 50% of it is about gone in six to eight hours, you still have a lot of it in your system at night. And then you're more likely to have more restless sleep. You're more likely to wake up very intermittently and you're more likely to wake up in the morning still feeling tired. And guess what you grab? Another pot of coffee. <laughs> now you have this spiral, right? right? <laughs> so, coffee, please do if you enjoy yeah. it. But make sure it's not more of a need, but more of a desire, right? And then make sure that you're taking it probably, I would say by 12 or 1 p.m. that you don't take any more so that you give you you give yourself enough time to get it out of your system so that you can sleep well at night. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll try to keep it on in the morning. And I do decaf. I do have decaf. I found a good decaf. So it's good. Uh, yeah. It's been it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. How do we find you? Yeah, absolutely. I have had so much fun just talking to you and you're just such a wealth of knowledge and you're doing so much amazing things out there. Um, really where to find me would be on my website. That's www.restfulsleepmd.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at restfulsleepmd. And then I'm on LinkedIn at as Dr. Funke Brown. So that's those are some places as well as Facebook. So I'm on the social media and and then my website is also a great place to connect, especially if you're ready to really start sleeping better. Okay, I love it. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here. And to the auditors, um, as you know, I'm Dr. Isabel Amig. If you are looking for rheumatologist that truly cares, and uh, if you want to get into remission as fast as possible so that you can live the life that you were meant to live, I'm here at onabridgemd.com, and we are currently accepting new patients. So 
come and pick your spot. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Take care and see you next week.